0: Hey everyone, producer Dave here. Uh, check out our other podcasts. We have The Plex, our flagship show, which is a weekly news roundup. We have Local Love, which is interviews with local Bay Area bands. Uh, speaking of local, we also have Down Ballot, which is our Bay Area local news podcast. And we have How the Tech Are You, which is obviously a tech podcast. Enjoy the show. I know
1: how to, stand up to man. I'm defenseless against that kind of female insanity
2: I'm white and I've got everything I need No one clutches their presses when they're in a room alone with me And I can drive for any neighborhood I please At any hour and the police don't do it And fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America i got everything I need I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree And I can walk down the streets after dark no one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee Like my straight white male dad did to me. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I've got all the luck I need got a pile of broken mirrors and I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt, but to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly! So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need, shit's gonna work out for me, cause I'm a straight white male in America, I've got all the luck I need.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree, we do the show live every Wednesday at 7pm Pacific right here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia, we're also simulcasting to a couple other places, if you're watching in one of the places we're simulcasting, I mean you can do whatever you want, you can make your own decisions, what the fuck are you doing over there all by yourself? Anyway, I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder, and I'm not sure what's going on with my soundboard. Let's see if it got fixed here. You fucking leave me alone. Okay, cool. It was fixed. Did you hear it at the beginning? It was like <laughs> roll 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 roll, roll, roll <laughs> Which is like me when I have to end the show. <laughs> like late at night. Anyway, what's up, HK? Introduce yourself.
3: Uh I am HK Perrin. You can find me on Mastodon at Hperrin at port 87social Uh, and you can find me on email at hparin at port 87.com, which is my own email service. Feel free to sign up. It's awesome.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) Can you uh, find the gain knob and turn it up a little bit?
3: Even more. You have me turn my gain up like every single time. How's that? That's better. (laughs) That's better. It's almost maxed out now. (laughs) That's amazing. I don't know
0: what's going on. Maybe it's pulse audio. Or if you're using, maybe it's the uh, the maybe it's the browser or something. Something's going on where like because it's it's uh, yeah it's lo- it was low. Anyway, it's fine now. This is the uh, number one podcast of uh, audio um, adjustments live on the air. <laughs> this is the flagship podcast of audio adjustments live on the air. Um, I found the worst thing. Uh, you can see it on the screen. Oh, gosh. I found the worst thing.
3: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you want to tell everybody what I found? Uh, so apparently, Jordan Peterson and Tony Robbins had a talk. And uh, I guess we're going to suffer through that now.
0: Yeah. Um. It's uh, Jordan Peterson on the Tony Robbins show. So, um. yeah, I don't know. I didn't even realize Tony Robbins had a show. He does. And uh, now our fake YouTube account is subscribed to it. <laughs> <laughs> so we get all kinds of um uh fake uh information on how to get rich and uh learn about what this what yet another alleged uh sexual assaulter is doing um let's let's get started i'm uh not happy about this but i mean we, we do this exact show and we were trying to stay away from the same usual suspects so we're doing about half of that right now maybe after this to clear our palette, we'll watch a show about a boat they have a new version of it
4: <laughs> there
5: isn't anything that can stand up against the truth and i i mean i believe that i think to some degree because it just seems self-evident it's like if the truth is deeply reflective of the structure of reality the claim that the lie can dominate is the claim that the unreal can defeat the real mm. and that's you you are literally insane
1: if you believe that he's a clinical psychologist and a professor and a best-selling author but I think the greatest thing about him is his. he was a clinical psychologist,
3: doesn't he? He doesn't practice anymore, right? Right. He's a talk show host now, which is a fine thing to be.
0: Unless you're Jordan Peterson or Tony Robbins. (laughs)
1: Uh, he's he just will not bullshit about things. He tells the truth and he digs in That's and he's true. willing to look for the truth. He doesn't believe he just has it,
0: but he also the studied- music behind this makes it sound like it's Jordan Peterson's funeral. No such luck. <laughs> I, don't
3: I don't know if it's, it's the lighting, like if they don't have the, the white chaos. balance right. I mean, the white balance looks right. You can see the flowers; they look normal. But like his skin is like extra tan, and it almost looks orange. You I know, it might be a fake tan. That might be. There is
1: a larger order, and the large order can be found by studying the stories of humanity. You know, the hero's journey is one of those stories. And perhaps, you know, he studies all the great religious texts, but he's been doing a whole series, some of you may have seen, on the Bible, different portions of the Bible. Please help us welcome our friend, amazing soul, Dr. Jordan Peterson, everybody. Give it up for him.
0: There's not really an audience there, is there? Jordan, thanks for joining us. Oh, there is. Hey,
5: it's good to see you. It's what is
3: it with audience. all these motherfuckers? not even there in person. No, but what is it with
0: all these motherfuckers and their camera angles? Dude, why can't why can't any one of these rich <laughs> people get a can't get just get their camera like pointing down at me like, a 10 or 15 degree angle like a fucking like like they're trying not to have it look up their <laughs> nose? It's going to be terrible. Thank
3: you for that introduction. Why even have a live audience before, if the like guest isn't friend. even there?
0: I'm not sure that the, the the applause is actually from the live audience too, because it sounded like he was in an arena. I think he's constantining this.
5: Well, <laughs> I think we'll take off from that intro. The first thing I should let everybody know: this is a conclusion that people have come to across a variety of different disciplines. Um, What's up with his video too? Literary criticism. Computer intelligence. Like see like his eyebrows, how there's like
0: purple, you know, almost like the stuff that you'd put under your eyes if you were a baseball player.
3: Like dark you see this? I think he's got like a a weird light pointed at him. Like it's it's not shining white light, it's shining like like maybe he's got one of those RGB lights that creates like pseudo white by having like a red, green, and blue LED.
0: Now you're now you're fronting
3: me off. Robotics,
5: uh, <laughs> study of perception from the physiological perspective, a real coming together of observations across multiple disciplines. So Both of these the dudes
3: look terrible in their video, though. Realization. Yeah, yeah. Let's not get distracted we by have that, though. We <laughs> to
5: see the world through a story. In fact, if you describe to someone the structure. Through which you see the world, what you're actually doing is telling them a story. So I'm sorry, what was the question?
0: When you go see a movie, this is like you just it just dropped right in the middle of one of his rants, right? Like he'd, stop, uh, yep. he'd He'd even say hi or I'm Jordan Peterson or anything like that. He's just like, oh, we're gonna talk like, like just like right, no banter, just like fucking zero zero to potato in like fucking one second.
5: You emotionally, and the reason that happens is because the filmmaker the writers provide you with some insight into the goals of the characters and when you can adopt someone else's goals you can align your emotions with their emotions and that means that you can feel what they feel and that means that you can understand them
0: and so but i don't understand what the fuck you're talking about
3: if he, uh, I think he's just defining empathy, skeleton, which is weird. I don't know why. Mimic
5: them. You can mimic their nervous system with yours. That and you have that feeling of being in sync with someone or in. Right, but three. why is he talking about that? Like they,
0: he was the guy who just introduced him, and he's like glad to be here, and then just dropped. like like I said, it's like half an hour <laughs> into one of his other videos, just fucking clicked on. Is he even nope. did, did he is is, he, is this like even real time like or is this like did he just record what he thought the responses would be and some producer is just playing them
3: <laughs> I don't even know someone the the yeah, title of this video is most people exactly learn this happening. too late in life so not only do we have to see There's no indication the of what that story. Story. was but the
5: story that we see the world through determines how we respond to things emotionally. So this is a useful thing to know. You know, if if the world is unfolding you for you in a manner that you don't find
3: particularly acceptable. So most people, when they're talking about or... like how people see things differently, uh, like everyone, you know, how like you'll you'll say like everyone's the hero of their own story, right? You know, mm-hmm. you you see things differently, despite you know the fact that. The phrase I just used calls it this. Most people don't call that a story. They call it a perspective. Like everyone right. has their own perspective on life. Uh, and I I don't know why he's calling it a story here. But because what he's describing is just perspective. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just very confused as to what he thinks he's responding to. If I'm being completely honest. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck he thinks he's talking about because you'd think he'd be like half an hour into something and he just came in hot with whatever (laughs) this is or a
5: lukewarm maybe. Hurt and hopeless. One possibility is that you're not looking at the world through a particularly productive story. Now, once you understand that you have to look at the world through a story or that it's inevitable that you will, another question immediately arises, which is, well what story do you or should you see the world through and that's the subject of great debate in fact the whole cultural war that we're in at the moment that's turning everything into a kind of chaos is actually a debate between the promoters of different stories now the that's such a weird way to say it and neo-marxist types they tend to insist either that all our stories are fragmented and subjective and hedonistic at their base. There's no such thing as an overarching uniting narrative. That was the claim of the French postmodernists. Or there's an alternative claim, which is that the only story that really unites people, the only story that really exists is one of power. And that you can see the whole world as a reflection of the competition between different stories of power. So when you hear the Marxist types, for example, make the claim that are we the culture Marxist is type? nothing but an oppressive patriarchy and that marriage is an oppressive institution and that all economic relationships are merely those of exploitation, you're hearing an, ins- an insistence that the only story that people can live out is the story of domination and oppression and victimization and mutual exploitation. It's an unbelievably dismal view of humanity.
3: It also justifies so the use of power. Are we the hours. Marxist types? Because I don't necessarily believe all those things he said. I, Some of them, yeah, I would agree with. He's his
0: also just his number of stories seems rather limited. It basically <laughs> he's like the 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 French postmodernists believe that everything's like disjointed and there's no overarching narrative of humanity. I actually tend to believe a version of that, right? That like everything is kind of disparate, discrete. And that humanity doesn't have one single overarching narrative because that would actually be quite boring.
3: Yeah, I think maybe he meant like those people believe that everyone views the world in some sort of biased way, which I would 100% agree with that. There's not a single person on the face of this earth who does not have biases.
0: The other thing that that I just don't think a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about like the idea of these narratives. I don't think that (laughs) I think it's it's largely a useless except for to fill uh,
3: podcast time, (laughs) (laughs) which some say is the best use of our time,
0: long form podcasting. That's right. It's going to save the world
3: (laughs) for the people who put forward the story, because if there's no
5: motivating ethos other than domination then it's perfectly reasonable for you to use nothing but domination in your attempts to deal with other people now that's a very pathological story i would also say by the way it's a very counterproductive story you know you might say that people who wield power can become remarkably successful you could point to dictators for example like the man who runs north korea and say well dr peterson you claim that power isn't a very productive story and that it doesn't work very well in the long run but if you look at brutal societies like north korea you see that people who are perfectly willing to use power rise to the highest positions how can you describe that as anything other than success except that that's not how that that person
0: got to that position because of um they were born into that position Is not their exercise of power. It was their, they were born to the person who had already occupied that position.
5: And I would say, just because you're the biggest devil in hell doesn't mean that you've won the game. In fact, quite the contrary. And you can (laughs) attain a position of dominance through force, but if you don't think you'll pay a price for that, you're a bloody fool. Uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn did quite a nice job of investigating the psychological state of joseph stalin for example and stalin was clearly the most powerful man in in the world's most corrupt country which made him the biggest devil in that particular form of hell these guys
0: quit talking about the gulag archipelago it's like they never read it i swear
5: well what did he gain for his trouble and i can tell you what he gained it was that every single person around him lied about absolutely everything all the time he had no true friends he just had sycophants who wanted to be near a bully. He distrusted we haven't seen everyone. Tony in a while. He had contempt
3: for everyone, of course, because he was so terrified. He left. He was like,
5: fuck it, I can phone this one in.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, we're we're about what, maybe a sixth of the way through this video? Yeah, seven out and
0: of we're an eighth of the way, I think.
3: No questions have been asked. Tony seems to have checked out. <laughs>
0: I mean,
3: I mean, know. we don't know. I mean, if there's one the thing that guy knows left. how to
0: do is make money, I suppose. So if he's just like, well, I'm going to get the clicks regardless, so I'll just let this crazy person talk. I mean, you know, I can see, I can see where that would be a good strategy.
5: People conducted themselves atrociously around him, he engaged in a variety of quasi-genocidal enterprises. He was a murderous thug, and he ended up likely murdered. And, you know, it isn't obvious to me at all that any of that constitutes success. And so... That's the typical outcome of strategies that are based on power. It's not.
3: Someone should make up a saying for that, don't like uh, "life." You know, I don't know. Live by the sharpened piece of metal, die by the sharpened piece of metal.
0: Oh, if only there was a say. Se- yeah, if only there we had. If only yeah. that was an existing concept. Yeah, I thought you were saying like somebody should make up like a like a term for the podcast host doesn't say anything. He <laughs> just lets the, lets the guest ramble on like a fool.
3: <laughs> Maybe you yeah, take it. Take it uh, you you got to hand it to Jordan Peterson for the, uh, the ability to take a common saying like live by the sword, die by the sword, and not only present it as if he's the first ever person to to think about that, but also present it giving no additional information, but taking like half an hour to say it.
0: Right, and and giving you a far less uh, understanding of the saying than if he just said the original one.
5: Yep. <laughs> ...and manipulative means to get to where you want to go, and maybe you think that's necessary, but well, I Sir, you're say, talking to Tony Robbins. You don't want to have a marriage where the fundamental relationship is one of power, where one of you is a tyrant and the other is a slave, and maybe you alternate roles, but... I mean, don't take no shame. ...reciprocity or... Mutuality there. There's no genuine love and regard There's just force and you certainly don't want friendships that are predicated on that presumption You want to be around people who want to be around you Not people that you forced or otherwise enticed or manipulated into being around you and then on the business front many of you are very successful and those of you who are properly successful know perfectly well that the way that you establish a business that has good probability of surviving into the medium and long term is to make contracts with the people that you work with that are to to your mutual benefit right so your interests what? are aligned That's so that you're that thrilled to all. be working together and then to offer your customers genuine service and value for the money
0: so i bet tony robbins treats his employees like shit and his uh core brand proposition is that of uh, like an influencer or a scammer or like a like a yeah he's an influencer essentially he was an influencer before there were really influencers that's all he is (laughs) jordan peterson is describing exactly the opposite of what tony robbins has done to gotten to have gotten himself rich
5: and none of that's about exploitation and none of that's about power it's completely different ethos and so you might ask yourself well if you're going to characterize the ethos that isn't power that unites people that stabilizes them psychologically and provides for social unity. How would you characterize that? And Tony made some reference to this. And there are archetypal themes that echo throughout human history that detail out the fundamental story of life. And the most, one of the most fundamental of those, there's probably two, there's an adventure story and a romance story. But I'll start with the adventure story. Those are the two. And the adventure story is essentially the myth of the hero. Somebody in chat made
0: a, made a good point. Uh, Jordy Pete's been talking uninterrupted for about eight minutes and hasn't started crying yet. So that, that's that's something.
3: As soon as he starts thinking about incels, then he'll start crying. Won't somebody think of the poor incels?
5: Is it the individual. The of the hero, which is, by the way, is the story that our culture, Western culture, is predicated on. And I would say all functional
3: stories posits that our culture is predicated on the story of the hero what? The two st- what is this fucking what are these fucking
0: what is this like a fairy tale the the heroes the hero fairy tale and the uh it's like um i can't think of a fairy tale about a hero but it's like uh you know uh, the, the rapunzel is a love story and a hero story right rapunzel rapunzel <laughs> like he's like what is he talking about These are not like that. There's like more stories besides the hero story and the love story. This is, this is like a very, very dumb analysis of society and narrative.
3: (laughs) And how is our culture based on the hero story? Like, what does that even mean? I mean,
0: there's things about our culture, sure, that are based on like a hero story, like you know, the when we talk about the Revolutionary War or whatever, it is a story of the heroic Americans fighting off the British or whatever, and then like a love story. I don't know. And, um, maybe it's uh, nope. Everything I'm coming up with is inappropriate.
5: Quantum automatons or <laughs> clockwork machines that are driven by deterministic functions, but creatures that
3: constantly. I would say that our. Our culture is based on flawed people doing the best they can.
5: What you might describe as a transforming horizon of possibility. So imagine, what? you know, when you get up in the morning, what confronts you, your consciousness, is not so much the furniture in your room and the things that you can see that are right in front of you, but the possibilities it's the of the raccoon day. that
3: got through the open the window. The possibilities
5: of the day open up as that vast domain of potential occurrences what confronts me most of the days when i wake up is
0: well fuck here's the part of doing this i don't like i have to like edit video and put out an audio podcast of something (laughs) (laughs) and then after that maybe i can make some cool t-shirts
3: what confronts me is usually like a cup of coffee
5: that you can play some role in determining you're going to be thinking about the problems that you have that need to be solved, and you're going to be thinking about the opportunities that beckon to you that you could, in principle, take advantage of and utilize, if you have any sense, to your medium and long-term advantage and simultaneously to the advantage
0: of the other people around you. So he, that's a long way of saying what confronts you is what do I have to do today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's on the agenda for me today?
3: Man, I swear, this guy can talk for like—I—I I don't think there's a limit. He could just talk forever about the mundanest of things. And so you're contending with a realm of possibility,
5: and you shape that with your vision. And the way that that's portrayed in mythologies of the hero is that with your with some motif that's analogous to that of a dragon fight. And so you can think about St. <laughs> George It's like Pete's dragon. Regard, and the ancient story is something like this. It's the story of the Hobbit, by the way. It's the story of the Lord of the Rings. It's the story of Harry Potter. It's it's the story.
3: Wait, hold on. Hold uh, on. Pause this for a second. So what he's saying is like when I get up in the morning and I think about what I'm going to do that day, that that is analogous to the Lord of the Rings. I mean, for him, it might be. Who knows what the hell is going on in this guy's head, dude? (laughs) What are you saying? Like, just thinking about it, just deciding what to do that day is analogous to the story of the Lord of the Rings. Like today, I had no, to, Today, I had to decide, not.
0: Today, I had to decide: was I going to uh, go acquire some caffeine first, or make biscuits and gravy first? And it was almost like it was almost like that movie, The Never Ending Story. <laughs> In that, I just went back to bed.
3: I mean does does he mean just that, like? the people in these stories had a decision of like whether to like go on the adventure because not all the stories are actually up to the hero. First of all. And second of all, yeah, people make decisions. Okay, cool. When people make the decision to stay home and watch TV, it generally doesn't make a good book. (laughs)
5: Cause it's, it's end, it's it's deeply embedded in the biblical corpus it's Star Wars it's it's everywhere this story is that except that Star Wars
0: is an allegory about fascism and you would be the bad guy you would be one of the bad guys in Star Wars Jordy <laughs> Pete
5: there's a city and it's threatened by the emergence of ancient chaotic forces that were once under control and a hero emerges who notes the The onset of this threat and who decides to step outside the bounds of the city and confront this creature dragon often Um, and a dragon, by the way.
0: Well, in a story with a dragon, yeah, the the creature is often a dragon. But in a story without a dragon, Geordie, Pete, there are actually other enemies that the hero has to fight. It's not just a dragon.
3: And sometimes the dragon isn't the enemy. Sometimes you bring a donkey along, and the donkey ends up fucking the dragon. <laughs>
0: That's a little bit weird. That's a little. I think Kevin Swanson had a famous screaming about that.
3: Actually, was that How to Train Your Dragon? No, that was Shrek. Oh, okay. You remember the end? Donkey no. and the dragon had like a bunch of babies, and they were like half donkey, half dragon. No, I don't remember that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> dragon is a symbolic representation of of a predator. You know, people say there's no such thing as a dragon but it's an imaginary creature. It's like, that's actually not true. Uh, what a dragon is, is an amalgam of the features of the creatures that have classically preyed upon human beings. So so it's- an imaginary creature.
3: Yeah, that's imaginary. That <laughs> It doesn't have to be brand fucking new in the universe to be imaginary. I can think of like a green-skinned person, and even though there are things with green skin, and there are people, that's still imaginary. What the fuck? I don't know is DJ
0: Bob a person or actually no that's actually a stuffed animal and I need to I need to like disabuse myself of the idea that it is sentient
5: a predatory bird and a predatory cat and a predatory reptile and the destructive force of fire all combined and so dragon and predator dragon is the image of predator and the ancient human idea is that our consciousness it's been
0: almost 12 minutes since Tony Robbins said anything (laughs) the easiest interview you'd just be like speak (laughs) and just just fucking go about go about your business make your phone calls
5: (laughs) so heroic consciousness is that which moves out into the world to confront the eternal predator and to overcome it now we obviously do that because we can protect ourselves and our children from predatory beasts we can also protect ourselves from predatory people and we can protect ourselves from the predator that lurks in our own heart that's more of a spiritual twist on the classic St. George and the dragon story let's say which is in invariant forms the oldest story or that it
3: know. could be clogged What's arteries yeah
5: While the eternal dragon of chaos always threatens the habitable city. Oh, no. The chaos dragon.
0: Oh, no. In Maps of Meaning, the diagram with the chaos dragon. He's referring back to that. It's the worst diagram I've ever seen. If anybody wants, just look it up. (laughs) If you're listening on the podcast or you're watching live or whatever, just look up Jordan Peterson chaos dragon diagram. It's
5: terrible. And who are acting. In
3: so is the he saying that like every story that has an adversary is analogous to a dragon? I don't know. I hope so. Okay. Become aware that such
5: a threat exists and then decide to confront it voluntarily. And that's the image of the knight, let's say, armored knight confronting the dragon in its in its <laughs> lair. Now, interestingly <laughs> enough, it's classically the case that Predatory beasts, dragons, let's say, hoard treasure. They also hoard virgins, strangely what the enough. Fuck? <laughs> and the reason they what? hoard treasures. <laughs> what?
0: Oh, man. I have not heard of this. What? Even- Tony Robbins is even probably sitting there
3: going, oh, no, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> dragons hoard virgins? What? I guess so. Where did that come from? I don't, I have never heard that in my life. Dragons are old gold. What would they do with virgins?
0: Well I mean I mean in in, in all uh, reality, what would a dragon do with a bunch of gold? Sleep on it? Yeah, it's that it, I guess it's comfortable. It's softer than other metal.:
5: It's quite straightforward. <laughs> it's because that which you most need to be, that which you most need to find is always lurking where you least want to look. That's a good late motif for life. So you could imagine that there are things in your life that you're avoiding, that you know you should do, that you don't want to confront, that frighten you, that activate your predator detection system. So let's- yeah, that's why we didn't watch this video last week in
0: the post game. Actually, it was something in my life that I knew I was going to have to confront, but I just didn't want to do it last week during the post game. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I think now he's saying if you ever procrastinate. You're doing it because you're afraid of dragons. I, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm 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 having
0: I'm, a I'm having a rough time with this one. This is, I mean, it's not like no. This is well. This is like ten percent weirder than than what I expected.
5: <laughs> this is pretty wild. Let's say, and if you can learn to organize yourself so that you have enough courage to take on that chaotic unknown, then you'll discover things about yourself and the world that you don't know and master them and the consequence of that will be that you'll be rewarded and that's of course the the treasure that the dragon eternally guards and the rule of thumb is fundamentally
3: well the larger the i mean dragon, you, the more you you more might be rewarded you might also get
5: injured
0: <coughs> <coughs> or you might you might end up in the dragon's harem
3: who knows if i if i was like you know i've never i've never tried heroin i guess i would i've just always been afraid maybe i should go out and do heroin i don't think i'll be rewarded for that choice (laughs) might feel like it the first time
6: yeah
5: (laughs) of course the the treasure that the dragon eternally guards
3: and the rule of thumb is It is funny that um, I I would, I guess, be chasing the dragon at that point.
5: guards, and (laughs) the rule of thumb is fundamentally, well, the larger... Is that heroin? That saying comes from heroin, right? I don't know. The rule of thumb is fundamentally, well, the larger the dragon, the more likely you're going to get eaten, but by the same token, the larger the treasure. The virginal motif in that story is the motif of the virgin, is that um women are what would you say deeply inclined to be attracted to male figures who are capable of taking on chaos and prevailing or dragons so if you're the sort
3: of person who can c- confront <laughs> girls the love dragons
5: in a visionary manner and you can shape it into the cosmos that's habitable and good then that also makes you max- maximally attractive as a as a partner and that as i said that's the oldest story we know in fact the oldest written story we know is a Mesopotamian story called the Enuma Elish where the 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 main hero Marduk is in fact a St George like figure who confronts a dragon who threatens the entire world with destruction and so and that's well that's essentially the motif of most adventure stories sometimes the hero confronts a giant
3: I mean, but like it, it's, he's saying that like, he's, I think I know what he's doing. He's trying to talk to like young men who think, you know, I'm struggling to find a girl. What do I need to do to find a girl? And what he's saying is like, oh, you just need to like confront literally any fear you have and like go out and accomplish something. And girls, girls love a guy who's accomplished something and it's that's just not true like if let's say you did accomplish something amazing let's say like you you i don't know you uh like built a new kind of car that was like (laughs) really really good at uh fuel efficiency or something uh i don't know you did something actually really cool if that's literally the only thing interesting about you then like most People, not just women, but most people won't want to be around you.
0: So I'm not sure that he's necessarily doing that, but I, I can see where where a person might think that he, he's been talking a lot about like heroes and dragons. I feel like, I feel like he missed his calling. He should be doing like, like YA graphic novels. Actually, he missed his calling. But he's so bad at it. Oh, I'm well. Okay, so it would be better for the world if he was doing YA graphic.
3: Oh, yeah, I agree.
0: Okay. Sorry, I I, I misspoke.
3: Dragon
5: and giant is usually a symbol of something like the corrupt state. So, you know, there's two variants of heroes, and one variant of hero confronts chaos as such, just disorder and uncertainty, and the other variant of hero uh, um, confronts corrupt gigantism. That's a good way of thinking about it. And that's another eternal enemy of human progress on the psychological and social front, right? The tendency of organizations to develop into tyrannical giants that have to be slain in order for proper order to be established. And so
0: 16 minutes, that
5: story of (laughs) confrontation with chaos is extraordinarily deeply rooted in Western culture. You see it expressed in its most fundamental form, arguably, in Christianity. Does he
3: think that the Western culture is the only culture that has, like, the hero story? Or dragons? (laughs) (laughs) He keeps saying, like, oh, that's the basis of our culture. It's that's how Western culture is so deeply rooted in Western culture. It's like, no, that's just rooted in humanity
0: right there's always like humans a tell
3: stories of great adventure like that's what we do that's almost like kind of the defining feature of our species
0: well the fact that we can even tell stories in any any sort of narrative way but yeah like this is this is weird because first of all the, the dragon that he's bringing up is not of what we a culture does not come from the west right <laughs> like, correct yes <laughs> that does not come from the west yeah so this is all even on its own terms, whatever terms those are, this doesn't make sense. He's wrong about the thing that he made up. That he invented something himself to be wrong about. Which is pretty impressive, <laughs> I
5: gotta say. <laughs> the crucifix itself is a symbol of something like chaos. Chaos. So imagine. No, no, no! It's not.
0: No, no! no you had it what? a minute ago. No. The crucifix is a symbol of the power of the state.
3: Yeah, the government. Like that's literally that was how the government like executed people. That was how. How did he miss that? Because <laughs> he just that's talked the about whole it. point of the story of Jesus, right? He just talked
0: about the corrupt state, like what feels like an hour ago, but I swear it was like a minute ago. <laughs>
5: about this psychologically, one of the things you might ask yourself is why have we collectively been gazing, for example, at this terrible figure of the crucifix for 2,000 years, and to get a sense of how shocking that is, imagine that the object of worship was uh, a man hanging with a broken neck from a noose. It's exactly the same kind of image. It's an image of of state-sponsored torture. Okay, so he did, okay, it it's took an him image a minute. Of What would you say? It's an image of the sum total of all vulnerable possibilities. What? So in the Christian story, the eternal redeemer, all, who's, all, in principle, all, the model for behavior, is the person who voluntarily takes on the entire chaotic weight of existence. And so in Christ's passion, all the terrible things that can happen to any particular person are amalgamated together and form part of his catastrophic adventure. And so
3: you could imagine in your own life, and this is- I don't think that's true. The guy had one bad weekend. Right? Then he came back. Yeah. But then he left. Like, he was put to death, sure. That's not the only bad thing that can happen to you, and it's not the worst thing that can happen to you. And, like, Most of the rest of the story was him running around doing kind of cool stuff.
0: Yeah. Weird. Maybe this motherfuckers never read the Bible. I don't know.
5: Well, what terrible things might happen to you? Well, you can be hurt physically. Badly. You can be tortured, let's say. Um, You can be put to death. You could be tortured physically and be put to death young. That could happen as a consequence of being betrayed. It could happen as a consequence of being betrayed by someone extremely close to you let's say your best friend or your marital partner or maybe by the hotel wi-fi it could happen because the state turns against you it could be how it could happen because the state turns against you even at the hands of your own people and that could happen to
3: you even if you were innocent and so you can see that hold on the state didn't turn against jesus jesus was against the state like jesus was essentially like uh, like telling people not to uh like telling people that the religion of the state was the wrong religion and the state didn't like that right he was a criminal according to the state yes the entire time like the state didn't turn against him I don't know. We didn't. We didn't
0: really hear much about uh, his awkward teen years. Maybe. Uh, maybe he was a statist during his awkward teen years. Who knows?
3: <laughs> but also, like, old- um, the the state was not run by his followers. Like, it's not his. Like, it's not like he got betrayed by his followers. I understand that. Like the betrayal part, he meant Judas. But like, he also said that the state, like the people who followed him, were the ones that put him to death. No. They weren't. None of them were Christians. They were all Romans. Uh, Like, there may have been like a few Christians in the population, but the vast majority of the population was not Christian. This
0: is wild. I'm also I'm also impressed that Tony Robbins has been able to shut the fuck up for this long. (laughs) <laughs> not that Jordy Pete can talk for this long But that Tony Robbins has been able to shut the fuck up For this long, this is amazing
3: I think Tony Robbins Went out to lunch <laughs> He Literally, like, he's not out <laughs>
0: and, he's, he's like, oh he's out to lunch They're like, oh, uh, you mean he's not paying attention I'm like, no, I mean he's ordering you know, he's, a Cobb salad right now
3: Yeah, he actually went out Down the street to the little bistro Got a salad, and now he's sitting He's sitting right outside the bistro Eating the salad Well, it's only been 18 minutes. He's probably still waiting for the salad. Unless it was one of them pre-made salads. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, he could be eating it right now. All possible fears. (laughs) And the
5: crucifix is an image of the sum total of all possible fears. And the reason that it's a redemptive symbol, at least in part, is because, and this is why there's a Christian injunction, let's say, to pick up your cross and, and stumble uphill with it, let's say, to pick up your cross and bear it. The idea is that you're going to be best prepared to take on the true difficulties of your life by confronting the potential existence of all of those problems before they make
3: themselves known. I, Why I, is I, he I saying that the cross is the sum total of all possible fears? Like the cross just represents execution. Like it's like the fear of death, the fear of like persecution maybe the fear of like state control maybe uh the fear of like loss of freedom but that's about it
0: yeah i this <clears throat> who knows i it'd be really interesting to um talk to uh like a like a, a theologian right like a like a, a well read theologian from academia who uh would listen to, like listen to this and kind of give their take on it because i i feel like they would probably find this ridiculous but i don't think you have to be a theologian to think this is ridiculous <laughs> i just think that it, that <laughs> yeah. that particular take might be interesting right
5: yep Resilient in your life and that would mean less stress that would mean less anxious being less subject to pain and depression and nihilistic thoughts and more able to s- spring back when uh trouble Visited you. No, it's it's spring forward, fall back. We just did that. Would be to envision, for example, how you would react to, well, perhaps bad medical news on your behalf or on the behalf of someone you love, or betrayal by someone close to you, including yourself, or being potentially mobbed and alienated by by your your social group or your ethnic group or your political group how do you betray or yourself being subject to the tyranny I mean I of- think it's more metaphorical
0: right it's like when you when you when you make like it, he's probably talking about like self-destructive behavior okay like s- smoking and drinking and you know the things that Doing maybe, benzos uh, maybe 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 but that was uh, prescribed by it was actually the psychiatric community that uh, betrayed him
5: we have the state. <laughs> or your own weakness to walk through that and to face that as a what would you say as a inevitable likely reality and to fortify your character in what would you say in preparation for that eventuality and you could ask yourself as sensible people well how the hell could it possibly be any different you know perfectly well that you're not going to be prepared to confront anything that you avoid obviously how can you prepare yourself to confront something that you're going to avoid and given that you know that Wait, what? you
3: could prepare to, to avoid it right?
0: that would be a way to confront something actually right like remember when we had a uh, frost from bullshito on one of the things he said about a fight he said the best way to prepare for a fight is to fucking figure out how to get away from the fight <laughs> right
3: like there you go
0: and uh that's the guy who's been in some fights Um, And he was just like, you know, he's like the best. That's the best thing to do, actually, is just run. He's like, don't fight people. He's like, that's bad. So you could prepare for a fight by uh, being fast. (laughs) Like prepare for a fight by knowing where all the exits are.
3: So just to to recap this video so far, (laughs) uh, we're about 20 minutes in. Tony Robbins has not appeared since he was first on camera in the very beginning of the film. Film, film. What is this, a David? What, video. What, is this? David Fuck. what is this, a
0: David Fuller video where he's like in this film? <laughs> I couldn't think of the
3: word "video" for a second there. Uh, <laughs> well, it's and that's then this guy so scrambling your
0: brain. The Chaos
3: Dragon has scrambled your brain. Yep. yep. In the past twenty minutes, we've discovered that everything is dragons, and you're all afraid to do everything, and that's why women don't want you. Of
5: irreducible difficulties how could you possibly be any better prepared than to face that beforehand and to understand that that's part of your destiny and then even more
3: to take i mean hold on so like you do have to prepare for something even if you're avoiding it like you could be avoiding it for like because you're not prepared right right it's like um like a tactical retreat or it could even be like you know uh like i i need to i need to go and compete in in a a race or i i wanted you know run a marathon i'm not going to run the marathon tomorrow because i haven't trained so i'll wait until next year and i'll train first it would be a really bad idea jordan peterson to just go run a marathon without training
0: do you remember that movie the karate kid yeah yeah how he had to like Waxed on and waxed. He was avoiding fights by, yeah. by training. <laughs> he was avoiding the thing that he was preparing for because he was busy preparing for it.
3: That's like, and, like, telling people that they should just rush into everything without preparing for it is bad. Like, that's how you die. Voluntarily
5: as something that you're not only willing to do, but maybe capable of learning to do... Well... With, I suppose, in a spirit of radical acceptance, and maybe what? even now and then something approximating joy. You know, it's a lot to ask for, right, that you have to maintain your moral compass and your hopeful optimism in the face of the worst that can happen to you. But what the hell's your, your alternative? Uh, you
3: know,
0: cynicism. If- it serves me well
3: not putting yourself in the situation that the worst could happen to you? Maybe? Like, by preparing or avoiding?
0: Right. what's it? Prepare for the worst, hope for the best? Yeah.
5: (laughs) If the chickens do come home to roost and things start to go badly for you, and you are terrified by that, and embittered as a consequence, and then you turn away from what's positive and highest all that's going to happen clearly is that your suffering is going to get a lot worse and that you're going to distribute that suffering to the people around you so like how in the world is that going to work sir i feel
0: like you're distributing a lot of suffering to me right now
5: and so (laughs) the radical types especially the intellectuals they insist that well we can orient ourselves quite well with a kind of subjective hedonism That's the hedonism of the moment and of subjective self-promotion, let's say. And uh, more Marxist types insist that we maneuver through the world merely as a consequence of our imposition of
3: various schemes designed. You know, Alan Bay in the chat, uh, who just followed us, thank you, uh, brings up a really good example of when it's very important to prepare and not just fucking go for it scuba diving right if you do not prepare if you don't you know learn how to scuba dive properly like let's say you have a fear of the ocean and you're like okay well i'm just gonna go scuba dive i'm gonna take jordan peterson's advice i'm just gonna go out there and fucking do it you know not even not even try to to, to prepare for this like you will die for sure 100 you won't know what you're doing you'll fuck something up and you will die like or, scuba divers die when they're not prepared. Right, right. Um, or if you're
0: just, maybe your goal isn't necessarily scuba diving, but you'd like to see some underwater cave. And so if you don't even think about the idea of scuba equipment, then you just go into the underwater cave. 100%, <laughs> you will you might see it once. <laughs> but you should avoid that underwater cave until you learn to fucking scuba dive.
3: You'll see how it looks on the way in.
0: Yeah, and maybe maybe as you die and you
5: hallucinate, you'll see a dragon. Who knows? all <laughs> the power but there's no evidence that a hedonistic orientation towards life or perhaps checking out the titanic was just said in the chat <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean they they sort of prepared but they oh what a, i don't even want to get into that it's
5: why most of us mature beyond the we're at when we're two years old and there's no evidence at all that an orientation towards power and domination actually constitutes a good strategy psychologically or socially so all that's complete bloody rubbish as far as i could tell and i think there's endless evidence now gathered on all sorts of fronts to indicate that that's the case and then you might say well as i mentioned before what's the alternative and the alternative is something like full frontal nudity confrontation with the most dreadful elements of existence so in the christian story I-
3: full take frontal first, confrontation with the terms. most dreadful elements of existence <laughs> okay what exactly is he doing to the dragon <laughs> i don't know sounds hot though
0: <laughs> i mean i'm not into it but you know whatever hot maybe he if it were anyone Craig. else but jordan peterson maybe he makes his wife dress as a dragon who knows
5: in the christian sense <laughs> is to take on the full catastrophe of Vulnerable existence right to face the reality of death to face the reality of torture and betrayal at the hands of Friends enemies and the state to understand that that's part and parcel of destiny But you know, it's it doesn't end there and that's quite interesting too. Well, this doesn't end ever so (laughs) live a Very deep life or a very long life If you haven't come to understand at some point in your life that there are worse things than death and maybe worse things than pain you can see this make itself manifest in people who develop post-traumatic stress disorder people who have ptsd are generally not merely people who've been hurt by life
0: <laughs> people in the chat are like what was the question is this an interview <laughs> like i guess tony robbins could have just said uh this is jordan peterson talk
5: <laughs> You'd be like, that's basically what he did say <laughs> There are people who have been touched by malevolence. You know, and it's one thing to suffer, but it's another thing to suffer pointlessly at the hands of people who are doing nothing but trying to produce suffering. And that's not a bad definition of evil. And so, and anyone with any sense who has paid any attention at all, for example, to the history of the 20th century, knows perfectly well that a sensible person Clearly admits to the existence of evil. I mean, how else would you characterize what happened in Nazi Germany or in in this in the Stalinist Soviet Union or in Maoist China?
3: So I feel Before like this right North here Korea. is where he and I would disagree about the definition of evil. Because I feel like he's implying that like any sensible person will say that there are things that are like objectively evil. And I would disagree. I don't believe in objective evil evil is subjective right even if there are Uh, things that we all
0: agree or that almost everyone agrees is like evil evil behavior even people in history who've been evil we're still making value judgments Mm -hmm. absolutely
3: yeah um so like to hitler the nazis weren't evil so evil has to be subjective or else hitler would have understood that what he was doing is evil and maybe he did you know i that's that's a bad example because that's just one person but like there are people who do evil things not like do things that I would consider evil that they themselves don't consider evil for example, Jordan Peterson does evil things all the time. I consider those things evil, but he doesn't I mean if you don't think that's evil, then
5: well then you don't well attribute the same meaning to the word that I attributed to it, let's say. It's a stark reality. That's exactly so what I said, that? yeah.
3: To you and I have different definitions of exactly evil, confront,
5: man. <laughs> along with the contemplation of your own morality is that you have to contend with the existence of malevolence. And the way that's laid out in the Christian story, which is a variant of the hero myth, by the way, the deepest variant of it, arguably, that you have to confront no, malevolence it's not. itself as well as mortal
0: vulnerability. I mean, he did say
5: arguably. <laughs>
3: All right. Well, arguably, a beer is a sandwich. In order to
5: maximize bread. your resilience, and weirdly enough, to maybe the metal the can counts as bread. You see, see yeah, we can argue about it with the insistence that it's fully Christ wrong, but we crucified. could still argue about it. He not only died <laughs> uh, in some real sense and had to go through all of that, but also had to descend to the depths of hell itself and to encounter the deepest abyss of. Human
0: did Jesus go to
3: hell?
5: And I would say that's
0: yeah. He he came back and said, "Oh shit, there's dragons down there. Got
3: to go." Bye. <laughs> 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 I don't think Jesus went to hell when he died. I, I'm pretty sure the Bible doesn't say that. I haven't read the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure Jesus did not go to hell when he died. It's also
5: morally incumbent on us. I mean, this is a terrible thing to tell people, right? Because it really means that he did go to. I'm wrong. To okay. Wow. Could be. He did you go to, to hell the worst that there is to face. But then right. again, like I said, if you think about it, that like a sensible person for 15 seconds, you understand very quickly that you're not going to develop your character by shrinking away. He had a wild weekend. Yep. And you certainly aren't <laughs> going to do that with your kids. You don't do it on a hellbender. Listen, uh, son, best thing to do in life is to shrink away from everything. That's difficult. Not if you're someone who actually loves your son and wants to encourage him. You say instead, look, kiddo, there's something within you that can respond to any challenge, no matter how deep. Well, no, no, into... no, 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 no. Like a reasonable thing would be like, hey, you got to
0: actually pick your battles.
3: Yep. And you got to understand your own limits.
0: <clears throat> right. And yeah, I think picking your, I think understanding your own limits is part of the process by which you choose your battles because otherwise you just you, anything you don't like. You'll you like a child, right? You like kind of lash out on anything you don't like and you know as you grow older you first of all even as a child you don't make many friends like that if somebody does one thing you don't like and you call them a poopy head well then you're not going to have any friends
6: (laughs) maybe
5: you encourage him to take on the most abysmal challenges in the hopes that he could succeed and become who he could be and that's the fundamental that's the appropriate fundamental orienting story that 26 minutes in all healthy people and all at driving. this point,
0: if Tony Robbins talks the entire rest of this video, he'll be at about parody with Jordan Peterson.
5: The state <laughs> has to act out and, and interpret the world through. And that's very useful to know,
3: right? And keep Long in mind, Jordan has had with chaos absolutely nothing so far. Malevolence.
5: That's the pathway to, well, that's the pathway to the eternal resurrection. That's the, that's the fundamental hero story and that's the ultimate treasure that's another way of thinking about it right what's the that's, pathway that's to the eternal erection by losing it and there's nothing in that a different kind of pills than the ones it's just on. true psychologically unlimited viagra psychophysiologically and scientifically and theologically and so well that's probably a good place to end that
0: <laughs> well it's been a long time
3: it's as good as any other place you didn't say anything <laughs> He could have ended in the middle of a sentence,
1: and it wouldn't have mattered. I was spectacular, exactly what we were wanting. Talking about why all this occurs, there's a greater and higher purpose for it all. So we have. Wait,
0: what's going on with his camera?
1: It's for Jordan, who's got some questions. Also, what he didn't say
3: why everything occurs, and that there's a greater and higher purpose for it. Like that wasn't what he was talking about. Also, this is he was great. talking about confronting fears. Watch this. This is great, by the way.
1: I was spectacular, exactly what we were wanting. Talking about why all this occurs there's a greater and higher purpose for it all so we have some questions for jordan who's got some questions out there ladies and gentlemen I've that's not many. what he
3: was talking about though he was talking about confronting your fears and going and doing something absolutely fucking stupid and probably getting yourself killed also dragons <laughs> and dragons
0: <laughs> somebody and i hope somebody in the audience just says could you um summarize what you just said mr
6: peter <laughs>
3: <laughs> i mean i just did that's that was like the past 25 minutes that's what he said you should confront every fear you have, no matter what it is, no matter how dangerous and stupid it might be. You should go and do it. Maybe you'll you'll get a big pile of gold. Probably you'll die. No, he didn't even say the probably you'll die. I'm adding that. Probably you'll die if you do that. I have like 6,000 questions. Um, Wait,
0: what What the fuck is this? What do you mean? How? Why does this, his shirt say the... That's where all this guy's money is. That's why that says the Cayman's on his shirt.
5: <laughs> but I'll go with one um and just on a, a macro level you know i have uh three uh older children they're 23 21
7: 19. i have an unbelievably blessed relationship with them my son is my best friend in the world so he goes off to college my daughters go off to college they are having incredibly uh, high degrees of success my son and
3: proud of them best friend in the world daughters yeah they're all right happy with how they've chosen their <laughs> life path but Rand, and um
5: there is just such an unbelievable dynamic through the social dilemma and through the professors that they experience on an everyday basis so my question is what do you do what do you do you know like with this world how do we protect our children or our loved ones um at the how oh, i though? think i think From college? That
0: i like how jordan didn't even let the guy finish talking <laughs> watch
3: hold on what what what, our what did he mean how do we protect our children like he was he talking said about there was them a, going to college.
0: Well, he said there was a social dilemma, but I, 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 he wasn't probably talking about that documentary about the social media. I think he's talking about woke professors. If I have
5: to like read between the lines here. That makes sense. Both ones um, at the well, I level. think I think you've already answered that question in your question. I mean, hmm. you said, first of all, that you have a very good relationship with your children. So congratulations on that. You said they're out there in the world you know, making their way forward on multiple fronts simultaneously. They're doing everything they can to pursue the truth. Mm. That's what you do, and that doesn't mean that the victories that you attain are going to be obvious or easy. I do believe that there isn't anything that can stand up against the truth, and I I mean, I believe that, I think, to some degree, because it just seems self-evident. It's like,
3: if the truth is... Okay, yeah, that is what what he means, because now he's talking about, like, Truth stuff. And whenever they're talking about that, they mean like a professor, a college professor telling someone like, yes, climate change is real or no sex is not binary or you probably shouldn't misgender your, your trans fellow students. And if you do, you're going home. The claim that the lie can dominate is the claim that the unreal
5: can defeat the real Mm. and that's you you are literally insane if you believe that yes so wait who is that
0: there's like a, a, a woman's if voice if your
5: children are doing what they can to there's live God. by and speak the truth they'll find their way and the beneficial consequences of that wayfinding may not be immediately obvious but that's also partly why you need to have faith
3: because here's a good way of thinking about faith. so here pause pause this I'll right here for faith. a quick second because this i have never understood like the kind of people who say, like, "Oh, the truth will always dominate. You, you can't stamp down the truth. There's, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. it doesn't matter." Like, he is a Christian, right? Sure. Like he would call himself a Christian. I think so, so. He thinks that that's the truth, which fine. That's up to him. He does understand that that is not like the dominant perspective in the world, right? That like in a lot of the world christianity is only a very small minority and in fact other religions dominate right there is maybe <laughs> not in his world maybe not any of the places that he visits but like in most of the world christianity is not the dominant religion so like how does he explain if he believes that christianity is the truth and he believes that the truth you can never stamp down the truth that people will eventually figure that out. Then how does he explain that Christianity is not the dominant religion everywhere?
0: Well, more more, more importantly, there isn't one religion that a you know fifty percent of plus one of people on the planet believe in anyway. So there is yeah. no <laughs> dominant narrative or whatever, and that's that's fine actually. You know, I'm okay with that. I don't know. It's it's weird. This is weird. Also, he's not even answer. First of all, he didn't even let the guy finish the fucking question because he was like, I've, <laughs> I haven't talked enough yet. So <laughs> I don't know. Just just tell your kid to like to fucking pretend the professor is a dragon and, and slay the dragon or some shit.
5: Faith in the truth. Well, but then you know, well, if I tell the truth, I'm going to get into trouble. And then you might say, well, then I better not say what I have to say or I better lie in this situation because otherwise there's going to be trouble well that just means that you have misplaced faith in your current interpretation of trouble Mm -hmm. because a deeper faith says and this is very useful to know if you're telling the truth whatever happens is the best thing that could happen yeah right Mm -mm. that's the statement of faith so no opening sections of genesis it's the I don't word think that's of God true. It that creates habitable order out of chaos, and that's analogous to this process I described before of confronting chaos and and uh, oh, he's back to this generating order in consequence. Now, every time God uses truthful speech to create a new element of the world, He notes and repeatedly that this is good. Well, there's a and and that that's. That process is also something that people can replicate, made as we are in the image of God. That's the thesis of the text. So the hypothesis there is that, well, if you're telling the truth, the world is laying itself out as it should. Now, you might not be able to see that because you're getting in trouble, at least in the short term, for what you have to say. But, you know, there's lots of times... You could also be
3: hurting other people by telling the truth. Like, let's say you're like a, a spy... And like you know, some information that could get some people killed, and you're directly asked that information by the enemy, whoever it is in this case. You probably shouldn't tell the truth. Sounds like somebody else has been watching. Burn notice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's there. You have yeah, yeah, yeah. There's times when you withhold information because it could potentially hurt other people. It's not. You don't even have to like. You don't have to think very hard to imagine scenarios like that. You're, in, you're yours in like intelligence gathering or, you know, uh, a fucking spy, spycraft. spy craft, but also just like, just like, was this, uh, did this other person say this negative thing about me? You could go, oh, I didn't, I didn't hear that because you don't want to fucking, you don't want to get the, you know what I mean? You don't want to create conflict like among people, you know, so you just, even if you know that that person did say something negative, maybe you just say, oh, I didn't hear anything about that. And now you're fucking, now you're like preventing a fucking, now you're preventing like a conflict in your fucking social group or at work. You got to fucking withhold shit all the time at work. Why are you late? It's not like I hit, I decided to hit snooze. It's like, oh, there
5: was traffic. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) Do something that feels good right now. And it isn't so good in a week. And there's plenty of times when the reverse is true. If you do something difficult now, it might get you in all sorts of trouble. And it turns out that in two years, that was the best decision you could have ever possibly made. Mm. Well, that's what the truth is like. It's like, it's not going to be easy,
3: but it's going to be. Has there never been a time in his life where he did something difficult and then later regretted it? That's statement of faith. I can think this of this world uh, is so fucking black and white.
0: I can think of a scenario in which he took the more difficult path, and it didn't seem to work out for him very well. He disappeared for damn near a year, and almost
3: died.
5: Then it sounds like you've already inculcated that in your kids. So I, would I think
3: say, that was you know, the easier path, though, first, right? Congratulations, like it, it, it was ostensibly, or it was supposed to be the easier path. Turns out it wasn't, and he almost died. But he thought it was the easier path, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know who... It's hard to tell. Um, that, that story's a little convoluted, so... <clears throat> I'm just surprised you didn't come out of that joint in Scientology, honestly.
5: Sit back to some degree and let it play out. Encourage them to continue doing what they're doing and watch. And don't assume that if things are going sideways from time to time that that means that you know, the whole game is lost. I found, for example, this very peculiar thing to have learned is that the people who have most viciously attacked me that's me. Done me the greatest hit me oh no, well then unblock me on twitter for three years to <laughs> unfold, and it was quite brutal in the like intermediary desert let's say but that's still how it inevitably
4: worked out
1: thank you who's the next question um uh, dr
4: peterson thank you so much for the opportunity where's this guy
6: <laughs> this is
0: I'm, I'm having a hard time believing that this was done in real time in any sort of meaningful way. <laughs>
4: to talk to you uh, in your book the 12 rules for life um, this is kind of playing off of what sean may have said but rule number eight you said tell the truth or at least don't tell a lie. Don't uh, lie and so many times i find that uh or and you said there there really are no atheists just people who don't understand the god they serve yeah and, yeah and, and but those are but this is this a question to myself sometimes i find that a lot of people um uh, one of tony's coaches is talking to me once and he said michael he goes there's a difference between the truth and the whole truth and that really dawned on me once and i and some people tell the truth and exclude parts of things
3: in life that, Wait, you know, that, you know, that shade the story is that not but like don't we all know that? We that's why they say it in court. Yeah, that's all the whole truth. You swear truth and, to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Right. Right, that's we've already this is this has been because covered. Cuz those are all different things. Right. Like you can tell the truth, but not the whole truth. You can tell the whole truth, but also tell untrue things. So you say, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Yeah, we've. This, is did, this he, is. did he never even like think to process that when he first heard that statement? Has, I'm wondering if this guy's just never watched Matlock.
4: <laughs> and I find that I do that with myself sometimes. And yeah, I was just curious if you could shade some light on that rule number eight. Um, it really impact either the me. couple of questions. Shade sure, some sure light. I'll take that apart. So okay.
5: So first of all, it's not a straightforward matter. It's to shed. The because, like, what the hell do you know? Like, we're all steeped in ignorance, right? Yeah. So, none of us are in the final analysis capable of telling the truth. We can get better at approximating the truth with time, but we don't have full access to all knowledge. And so, everything we say is going to be
3: partial. Now, having said that, even that's not so true. There are reimbursed. things that I can say that are 100% true because they are fully dependent on, like, how I feel
5: distinguish between what's true and what isn't how do you start doing that well someone might say i don't know how to distinguish <laughs> you someone know might say i don't know okay cool what's true and what's not true in the final analysis and i would say to them yeah but you know you'll you'll find times in your life where you're inclined to say something or do something to say something you know to be false or to do something you know to be wrong Now there may be times when you're ambiguous and ambivalent and you don't know but that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about those times when you actually know you know and you can tell because if you're going to say something that you know to be false it it fragments you internally and makes you weak it it you feel the what could be the the ground under your feet shifting
0: or you just think to yourself well shit, now i gotta lie (laughs)
3: right i'm sorry gotta file away this lie so that i can recall it if this situation ever comes up again and then build more lies on top of it right until i have a lie cake
0: and i mean hopefully that's not hopefully you know hopefully most of our lies are what they call like little white lies where you don't have to like construct a whole reality around them (laughs) but i i swear to you um like every adult encounters situations fairly regularly where they're like well shit i gotta lie yep it's not ideal but it's just the human condition
5: you're lying and you're betraying yourself and i would say and this was the purpose of that rule was well stop doing that first stop doing that just stop saying all the things that you are saying that you know perfectly well to be false and then at the same time you can stop doing all the things you
3: know that you shouldn't do why yes honey that dress well, does make as your as ass as look as big as
5: it
0: is, is it i mean under depending on depending on the circumstances maybe maybe you're like oh shit, yeah they're like does this make my ass look big and you're like yeah <laughs> fucking badonk. you know
3: <laughs> yeah if that's what she's going for maybe do say that
0: <laughs> right or anybody right and anybody that wearing anything does it make my ass look big you're like yeah actually and they're like oh thank you i used to think my ass was flat <laughs>
5: will become more precise and your vision will become clearer because you're not cutting yourself up with obvious falsehoods and then if you continue doing that your capacity to distinguish between what's true and what's false gets more and more sophisticated and if you do that long enough you might actually get to the point where you could actually start to tell the truth instead of just not lying at least some truths at least some of the time you know and that's a pretty good start i thought and he then, just said that, that no one can ever tell the truth time as you become is- expert at this. And then you might say, well, why bother doing that? And I, I can tell you why you should bother doing that. It's, it's very straightforward. There will come a time in your life where you have to make a very fine decision. It might be one that your life depends on or the life of someone you love or a relationship depends on or your business depends upon. And you'll be torn apart at the point where you have to make that decision. And if you can't rely on yourself at that moment to make the right decision, you could lose everything. Now, you might ask yourself, well, how do you ensure that you can rely on yourself in a situation like that? And I would say, well, if you spent 20 years practicing lying, you can be bloody well sure that when push comes to shove, you're going to make the wrong decision.
0: But again like your 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 example earlier of like uh somebody working in intelligence uh like working in the field in intelligence literally your job is to lie you are a professional liar possibly with a with like a like a diplomatic cover <laughs> like <laughs>
3: Also, why would anyone listen to what Jordan Peterson has to say on telling the truth?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. His whole like (laughs) thing is predicated on a lie about Bill C sixteen. That's his whole his he. he, It's not like he wasn't known before that, but he blew up when he started lying about Bill C C sixteen.
3: That and also what I was thinking of is like he was telling people about like how to live their life and how to you know he was giving people all this advice while he was literally addicted to benzos.
0: Oh, he was on like an unreal amount of benzos while he was on stage saying that people who had uh, drug addictions were, uh, it was a result of their own moral failing. Like,
3: yeah. So, l- literally, why would anyone believe what this dude has to say about truth?
5: You're going to want to be in a situation where your eye is clear and your tongue is sharp. And so, if you've practiced diligently, one might even say religiously to abide by the truth. Then when you're cornered and the chips are down and you have to go left or right. And one of that, one of them leads up and the other leads down. But that's not what left or left.
0: Never mind. This guy doesn't even understand <laughs> two dimensional space.
5: You're gonna pick the right <laughs> And if you know that, like if you, if you meditate on that, if you understand that that's coming, that can scare you badly enough so that you'll, stop saying things you know to be false you'll pay the price for that then you add another interesting twist to that you know you said that often people these are more subtle liars they'll sort of half tell the truth they'll tell the truth in a way that enables them to manipulate towards an end yeah well that's that's a particularly pathological form of lying that's actually using the it's Lord's like why name most people in vain, lie. by the way you know that famous commandment you don't know, use the lord's name in vain that doesn't mean to not swear it means do not pretend to be serving God when you're not, and that's that kind of lie that you described. Is that what Family that means? It's a very tricky issue because it's kind of open ended, I suppose. Be aiming up in all ways to ensure that what you're relating isn't manipulatively, manipulatively self-serving at some subtle level.
0: But like everything we do is probably self-serving at some level, or at least we think it is at the time. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it.
3: There are like selfless acts that people can do. uh, But yeah, most of what we do is self-serving.
0: Even the things we think are selfless, we might be doing it because it feels good. You know, that's not nothing.
3: Well, I mean, like throwing yourself on top of a grenade is undeniably selfless. Like... You're putting yourself in almost sure, but like an an almost sure death scenario to save other people. So that's, you're not doing that for your own good. You you still think it's the right thing to do at the time. Yeah, but that's, that is like, that's still selflessness. You just think being selfless is the right thing to do.
5: A long time to orient yourself at enough level simultaneously so that you don't, so that you're no longer playing those sorts of games so but you do that by practicing you do that by practicing not lying it's like you you know you try to make that a a vow and you can clear yourself up an awful lot you know a lot of what you do with people in psychotherapy a huge part of it is you help them disentangle themselves from the web of lies that they found themselves trapped within decades of lies sometimes or, or or multiple lifetimes even because you see you know you do see families from time to time that are so wrapped up in lies that hmm. goes back hmm. you know three or four generations it's just lies non-stop at every possible level and families
0: so, that are that are uh, full of compulsive liars you say
5: all of that has to be <laughs> sorted out and you often are doing that working as a psychotherapist you can do that with a sustained moral effort on your own behalf i mean part of what you're doing if you're a religious practitioner and you go and confess is that you're trying to remind yourself about what lies you're telling and you, but do you might compe- so no,
0: you, you, you know. might you're not always confessing about a lie if you go to confession you might be confessing about an action you took or an action you didn't take or maybe a truth that you mm-hmm. told that really fucked some shit up because you shouldn't have fucking opened your goddamn mouth like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's actually that that confession thing is like fairly open ended,
3: right? You can stop doing it. I think you can go in there There's and say promise. anything, right? You know, I well, think so. You can get anywhere you. Not promise. anything. If you if you tell someone, like, if you tell a really priest what, that like uh, dick- you're going to harm someone, they still have to like report that, right?
0: Oh, I don't know. Don't if I, I don't think a priest is a mandatory reporter, but I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't know the answer to the question. So.
3: But like, what I mean is, you can say anything. I could go in there and, you know, tell him, "Oh, I, I bought some food today, and I felt like I was overpriced." That's a confession, right? I suppose so.
1: Dickens processes. If you think about it, that we all do, right? People finding what the lies are that are holding them back and changing them right then and there with enough emotion. Question, Mary.
7: Thank you, Doctor Peterson. Thanks, Tony and Sage. Um, I've heard you say, Doctor Peterson, and what I love about these stories of mythology and biblical stories is, I've heard you say it, de-isolates us and it, it gives us something that's like, wow, I'm not alone. A lot of people feel this way. And, you know, hearing you explain this and, and sitting through some of the speakers that we've had earlier, I have the feeling that, wow, this world is is continuing, like the chaos keeps coming. <laughs> and it feels like overwhelming when i really think about the big picture of it sometimes and the complexity of it all and the things like i will never understand this whether it's financials or ai or all that the world is moving into the dynamics of countries i'm shaking just talking about it i'm wondering my experience is almost like there's these islands of order i find that in my family i find that in a safe community mom and dad friends
0: Oh, what mom and dad went like. with you to the Tony Robbins event. That's a fucking dysfunctional ass family.
7: I don't know if that's a a woman's perspective of like, wow, there's a lot going on out there.
0: Whoa, you know, yeah, that's like women. Women always my- be fucking frazzled by the world around them.
3: Bitches be Men frazzled. famously never frazzled <laughs>
7: by people and and something that I understand is that even a is that a problem? No, I think representation. Don't no, no, gonna- cut her off. he he cut off everybody that
5: asked a question
0: to be fair she was rambling but it's but for him to say for him to decide that it's time for her to stop talking because she's rambling (laughs) seems a bit seems a bit silly (laughs)
3: yes (laughs) he loves the sound of his own voice though
5: right i mean first of all it's inevitably the case that What would you say you confront an infinite expanse of ignorance? What even was the question again here?
3: There wasn't one. Okay. So just the world seems big and frightening.
0: And the world world is a complicated place. And sometimes the world is scary.
3: I feel like she needs help from someone much better than Jordan Peterson. Or maybe she's fine. And she's just like saying that sometimes the world
0: is complicated and scary and that's okay like that's
3: that's the, okay yeah
0: that would be that if she
3: if she feels like she needs help though she should get it from someone other than jordan peterson and definitely
0: stop giving tony robbins money yep do you think anybody this tony robbins event is there for free i think not
5: fundamental way things are always going to be ultimately beyond you you see that in the biblical stories that insist for example that people can only see the back of god and so it's an existential reality that what? there's going to be more coming at before. you that than you can manage. No, people can see the front of God, master. and then of course the question is, how do you deal? Adam with and that? Eve were looking God that? face like say, to face with the ocean, in and above? if
0: God is everywhere, like why, why everywhere, everywhere you look, He's got His back turned to you. Seems like a dick. Oh,
5: <laughs> you know, there's a lot of ocean, but you can stay afloat, and you can navigate forward, and so then you might ask, well, how do you do that? Well. We talked about that a little bit today in terms of orienting stories. You know, you, you have to put forward some courage and some faith, and you have to confront the things that are obstacles in your path. And that attitude helps turn you into something that's united psychologically, right? That can strengthen you personally. But then there's a social element to that, because if we share the same story that we should confront chaos and make order and we do that together then now we have social unity around us and that means that we have the strength of numbers you know part of the reason that i've been able to maneuver through the political turmoil that i've been admired in is because i have great family they're very supportive and i have a lot of friends who are tough people and they were behind me and i have a broader social community and That fortifies me, and that's the kind of unity in numbers and in belief that does help you maintain your integrated spirit through the chaos of life. That's not weakness. That's, that's a necessary observation that part of your sanity depends on your proper, the proper harmony you establish with the social community. Now, the female part of that might be... That- Uh-oh, here it comes. Here it oh comes.
6: Boy.
0: Here it comes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> the female locus of concentration is more local.
3: Right? And that, and the female familiar. locus of concentration is more local. This is going to be one of those. Okay. That makes no fucking sense. What even does that mean? I think he's going to... Uh- poorly explain it or not explain it at all does he mean that women should be at home in the kitchen no
0: no i i would get emails about that one um
3: (laughs) what i think
0: he might be saying mean that
3: women shouldn't really worry themselves about the goings-on of of like states and countries and such
0: I think he's not. He's not saying an ought. He's saying an is. I think he's saying that women tend to be more focused locally in their communities and not on uh, global or national issues. I think he's saying an is, not an ought.
3: Okay, I disagree with him.
5: But that's not that's not a bad thing. Someone has to bind the damn families together, and to some degree, we're islands unto ourselves. But to some degree, we're all members of family first and then community second. And it's not inappropriate like the first
0: and second dynamic of Scientology.
5: To make the family <laughs> level of social integration a fundamental point of concern. And I do think that's the natural resting place of women, partly because they have to take care of
3: infants and young children. Okay, now he I'm- has gotten into the ought right there. Yeah. That statement was absolutely an ought statement. Yeah. That's the natural resting place of women to take care of the kids. That is fucked up.
0: You know who actually hates this guy? is stay-at-home dads. They all
3: hate him. Well, I'm sure that he hates them too. So.
5: <laughs> what a weakness. It's just a difference of approach. It's nothing to be ashamed of, and it's, it's a virtue. Now, it, it does mean that We still have to face the complex problem of how you integrate the integrated family in the broader community and i would say that's a more masculine problem now that doesn't mean men and women can't address the same damn problem but all things being equal there's still a different level of natural concern none
3: of that this is like reason this is like reading the google memo yeah you know when i counsel women for example that guy sure went away quick say well look you know (laughs) Once you have a child, your fundamental... I'm surprised Daily Wire concern. didn't offer him millions of dollars.
5: Look, you know, you. once you have a child, your fundamental concern should be your child. And that's true whether you're a father or a mother, but it's particularly true if you're a mother, especially if you have an infant. Then women will say, well, what do I do about my career? You know, I, and I feel guilty because i But I'm,
3: wait, well, hold on. Why, why wouldn't it be particularly true if you're the father of an infant?
0: <laughs> it's because this, this is this is like a. I mean his 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 view on this is like very old and traditional and
3: sexist. Yeah. Or I feel guilty well, like when I'm he, he like, my he'll to- say just absolutely fucking contradictory statements. I feel guilty because I'm not pursuing my career,
5: or I feel guilty when I'm pursuing my career that I'm not attending to my child. Women could be screwed both ways in that matter. I would say, well, look, it's perfectly reasonable for you to model successful adaptations of the broader social community for your kids. You know, you have to get your act together.
3: Yeah. To this guy was like a, a psychologist or psychiatrist, psychologist, psychologist, like he's supposed to like help people. And he's basically saying like women belong in the kitchen. Yeah, I can't
0: imagine like um, if he w- when he was in his clinical practice, I can't imagine too many women sticking with him for a very long time. If if he was t- if he was legitimately like saying these things in a clinical setting, which I'm a little bit skeptical of, actually.
3: I can imagine a lot of husbands forcing their wives to go see him. People like Steven Crowder. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah.
0: But I have a. I'm also kind of skeptical that this is what he would tell, um, uh, a patient, like a client or whatever. I, even though he is kind of who he is, I'm just skeptical that when he was doing this stuff, that this is what he was saying.
5: Then you have to integrate you and your family in the broader community. You should be serving all of that simultaneously. That's a, that all, that's a virtue. And I, you know, women might approach that family first and broader Social world second, and maybe men the other way around. No, it's a loose rule of thumb, but both of those approaches can work just fine and they work great in tandem.
1: Beautiful. One more. Dr. Peterson, thank you. I was.
3: No, uh, Tony, that was not beautiful. That was absolutely fucking despicable. That was a terrible answer. Fuck you, Jordan.
1: Beautiful.
5: One more. Dr. Peterson, thank you. I was. Uh, the
3: question I have for you is there's uh, a lot of chaos in the world. And I sometimes wonder what uh, or maybe have a hard time deciding what part of the chaos am I responsible mm-hmm. for uniquely confronting. So Tony's very passionate about ending hunger, for example, with their billions of meals. And I have I have kind of racked my brain over time and not found that same kind of passion for a, a particular, you know, cause like that. And I wonder how how what how might a person, you know, make that.
5: That's a great question. Well, I'll tell you a little story first.
0: <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> of course. That's a great question. I'm not going to answer it at all. <laughs> Fuck your question.
5: <laughs> worthwhile knowing. So, it's a story from Exodus. And it's the story of the burning bush, which is kind of a mysterious story. And so, not here's about how weed. That story
3: essentially goes. So Moses is trying to yeah, find Yeah, it's actually way. not He's very mysterious. Like Moses yes, was almost definitely on drugs. Yeah. Off
5: wandering down a pathway, minding his own business one day, and something attracts his attention. It sort of glitters and glimmers off to the side. And and he and it it pulls him, it pulls him towards it. Now, he has to decide to step off the path and go investigate. The story makes that quite clear. And this is a burning bush, not a burning forest. It's Well, not yet. It's not so overwhelming that... How do you think a forest fire starts, Jordan? It. All right. And so Moses goes and decides he's going to go investigate this thing that captures his interest. And as he gets closer to it, he starts to hear... A divine voice and the first thing the voice tells him as he gets closer is that he's on sacred ground and that he should take off his shoes and then (laughs) he starts to interact with this a divine voice would say hey there's a
0: a bush on fire you should probably get out of the forest
5: phenomenon (laughs) this burning bush and god himself reveals his name to moses so what does that mean well here's one thing it means lots of things grip our interests and not really of our own accord. Right. You can't really pick what you're interested in. It picks you. Now, you can pick whether or not you pursue it or not. And you could pick how diligently you pursue it. But the interest itself manifests itself in a kind of autonomous manner. Now, you might ask yourself, well, what would happen if you really pursued what gripped your interest? And the answer is, well, you get deeper and deeper into it. And the deeper you get into something, the more you're beginning to tread on sacred ground, Mm because there's no difference between sacred and deep. They're the same idea. And the idea in the burning bush story is that if you attend to what compels your interest with enough diligence, the nature of being itself will reveal itself to you. And that's true.
3: So So you might say, what I'm taking away from this is that if I am very interested in speedrunning Super Mario Brothers for the original Nintendo, I should do that to find God. Stay up long Keep enough. Keep doing that might. every day, and eventually God will start talking to me. Drink enough Red Bull, you might.
5: Hey, well, how does how does that burning bush appear then in in the confines of normal life? And I would say it, it appears in two ways. It appears in the guise of what interest Nintendo. And it appears in the guise of what sets itself before you as a problem. So I would say,
0: as a starter,
5: you can try this. Do this over a couple of days. Write down what bothers you.
0: Oh, right now, I don't have. There's not enough paper in the world right now, Jordy Pete.
5: I mean, he would be on the list at the top. The details of your personal life, your relationships with other people that bother you. Now, a million things could bother you, and some things do. Those are your problems. And your destiny is in your problems. And then I would also say, well, watch yourself for a couple of weeks and see what you're doing when what you're doing appears meaningful. Right? When your interest is gripped and you're compelled. because. When you're in the place where you are, when your interest is compelled and you're gripped, you're where you should be. And one of the things you want to learn is how to be there more. You have to kind of treat yourself like a stranger to figure that out because, well, as you said, you know, you you haven't been able to find your path precisely. Well, that means you don't know who the hell you are. Well, that's what it means fundamentally. You know, You may know some things about yourself, but you don't know yourself as deeply as you might. You have to understand that there's a certain degree of Arbitrary strangeness about you and about the things that will compel you and grip you. And you need to discover what those are. And paying attention can help. It's like,
0: where- right. One, we're over time. And two, I can't take it anymore.
3: Uh, I do believe, though, that he is right that the more you try to speed run Super Mario Brothers for the original Nintendo enter- Entertainment System, the closer you will be to God. So if that's your goal, you should spend all day speed running. That was the hard, worst the interview I've ever seen. <laughs> was it even an interview? <clears throat> he didn't even ask any questions. Well, the, the, the doesn't thought. there have to be a question to for it to be an interview? The audience
0: made some quest statements.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think only the last guy actually asked a question and he didn't even fucking answer it. He was like, let me tell you about Moses instead.
0: <laughs> he did kind of say to like, write down things that are bothering you i suppose he meant to like take an inventory of what you think you can change about the world if i'm going to be charitable to this guy which um <laughs> you know whatever gotta everybody gets one everybody gets one a show <laughs> or no you get one a show where dave tries to be charitable to you this was this <laughs> i was i was expecting first of all i was expecting um something more entertaining um I was expecting to get a better episode of the podcast out of this interview. Honestly, I was sort of expecting to hear more of like that grind set shit and l- like listen to Jordy Pete explain why the grind set is good or some shit like that. But the questions were from the audience and it was like a monologue. It was wasn't great one great not the best episode yeah. of the intellectual dollar tree and uh, probably not the best episode of Tony Robbins podcast either <laughs>
3: <laughs> that whole first part where Jordan was just talking nonstop for like, what, 25 minutes, 30 minutes? Three days. Like, that, all of the advice, all of the actual advice that he gave, which essentially he said nothing, but in some parts he he bordered on what you would consider advice. And it was fucking terrible. You should prepare for things. Like, maybe don't let your fears control your life, but also like... Don't just decide that whatever fear you have, you're just going to try and overcome it immediately. Like if you're afraid of heights, maybe put on a parachute before you jump out of a plane. Right. Or don't go straight to skydiving. <laughs> yeah. That maybe that too.
0: Try, try, try a <laughs> ladder. Be like, but that's a fear of ladders is distinct from fear of heights. I hate ladders, but I'm not afraid of heights, but I don't want to get into ladders and heights <laughs> that kind of stuff. Although I feel like it would be a much more interesting conversation than the thing we just watched, which which was a very low bar to clear. Um, I was going to say that there's no takeaway from this. That was stupid. That sucked. I hope the post game is better than the fucking show. We're going to go ahead and give the, uh, give the episode out as a freebie on uh, Patreon, by the way, for people, if they want to get it. And, um, because like, I feel like people are just, if they've listened this far, they've really been ripped off. Honestly, So your time is worth something, (laughs) and I'm sorry to have wasted it in this way. If you listen to 2X, the show isn't free for you. But if you listen to 1X, you can go to patreon.com slash Echoplex and get the post game for free, which should be more um, um, good would be the word I'm looking
6: for.
3: Uh, HK, you want to read the show out? Uh, Yes, I do thank you for joining us this has been the intellectual dollar tree we do this show live every wednesday night at 7 p.m pacific on twitch.tv slash echoplex media if you would like to see any of our other shows you can find out information all about them at echoplexmedia.com and if you'd like to support us you can do that in one of two places you can do it at patreon.com echoplex or you can do it at eplex.store if you're listening live stick around so that after the song you can hear the the post game And if you're listening on the podcast, like Dave said, the post game for this show will be available on the Patreon. Uh, And now this is Boomers by Periscope.
0: here at echoplex media we'll head on over to echoplexmedia.com support there are a bunch of great ways to support this project my favorite always is the merch